Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, comes to you from beautiful Southern California. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports. Better Sportsbook. Better is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, there are trends in sports. Some are pretty obvious. Today is called Black Monday. Could be, why don't they do Pink Slip Monday? Whatever. Lots of guys getting fired. I'm more sensitive to it than most people are. Other people in my position kind of root for like, Joe Judge didn't get fired. Why? Oh, like, I, I don't understand why we root for people to get fired. Again, I, I, it doesn't appear to me that Joe Judge is a guy I think is going to rebuild the Giants. On the other hand, he was hamstrung by Dave Gettleman, who, um, <clears throat> air quotes, retired today. 877-996-6369 is the number. 877-99 on Fox. I don't know. I might work in a phone call. Um, Buyer, let me, let me get this straight here, okay? So Jacksonville, we know, is looking for a head coach. The Raiders may be looking for a head coach, right? Um, yeah, maybe. We don't, we don't know yet. I mean, they, Correct. First team in 30 years to have an interim, co- interim head coach make the playoffs. Um. Okay, we don't know on Seattle yet. Miami, right? Miami looking for a head coach. Minnesota. 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 Anybody else? Chicago. Chicago. Bears. Chicago. Okay. What else? Anyone? Did you say Denver? I did not. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. Of those jobs... They basically all have in common except for the Raiders and John Gruden was fired because of some emails from 10 years ago, right? It's not the commonly fired like everybody else is fired. Uh, Jacksonville, I would say Urban Meyer, it, it's similar to the other jobs. Okay, similar to the other jobs, but Urban Meyer got fired for a litany of things. Mostly he lost the locker room. We're trying to figure out why Brian Flores was fired, but the reason appears to be fairly obvious. Right? And the more details you hear come out, and the more people I talk to, it feels the same as Minnesota, the same as Chicago, the same as Denver. Quarterback. Right? I mean, look, the, the, that's the thing about the Chargers. The, the devastating part about the Chargers losing, it's not devastating to you. It, I guess, is sort of devastating to me and Jay Stewart are actually Charger fans. But the devastating part to that organization is, is I believe they're the only team to not make the playoffs who started the same guy at quarterback the whole year. Right? Like, they're the only one that we're good at quarterback and still can't make the playoffs. Yee. But Brian Flores was fired today. And, I, I go, of course, I disagree with it. You know, I think the guy, guy appears to be a stud. But there's a rule that we all need to abide by. We all need to buy into. It's the reality of something. 
You ready for it? Better get along with your boss. Better get along with your boss. And now the structure of certain teams is different. John Gruden had more power than his boss, Mike Mayock, right? It was his general manager. They might work together, but Gruden was the head of all football decisions. So not every football team is formed this way, but for the most part, they are that you got to get along with your boss. Now, that's why bosses tend to hire people that they know because it's a better working relationship that way. The reports out of Miami are that Chris Greer and Brian Flores had a lot of friction, and that's why Brian Flores is gone. Again, I disagree with it. I, I think that there are plenty of moves that Miami have made, Miami has made, which I don't agree with. Most notably, the misevaluation of Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback. Now, in, in all fairness, I believe the Chargers, had they had a shot at Tua and a shot at Herbert, probably would have taken Tua anyway. Right, so everybody missed on Herbert, even the Chargers who landed him. It's a lot like the Baltimore situation with Lamar Jackson. But the point is that well, Miami was better at quarterback. This wouldn't have been an issue. They played a super soft schedule. That's why they won most of those games. But it it's, uh, you know, Flores probably wanted Deshaun Watson. Didn't want Tua. Didn't think Tua was good enough. Chris Greer's entire career was tied to Tua. And whether or not Chris Greer tried to pull off the Deshaun Watson, much like Steve Keim did, you know, with Josh Rosen in Arizona. You guys remember what happened with, with Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen was the 10th pick in the draft. He's like, there's nine other, nine other teams that I'm going to make pay. He was bad. Guys didn't, but the team was bad. They fired the coach, got rid of the quarterback after just one year, and then got Kyler Murray. And now, and I kept his job, right? It was a bold move. Greer was not willing to do that. Tua was not very good last year. He was better this year. But because of the Deshaun Watson leak and because of the reports that that one of the things that Watson liked about Miami was Brian Flores, it would seem that it's a pretty easy, pretty easy guess. Okay, And this is an educated guess. I have talked to people in the NFL. I have said this. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That Brian Flores wasn't enamored in any way right, with Tua Tagovailoa. Chris Greer was. If you don't believe in your quarterback, you don't believe that the, in the GM's decision at the quarterback, that's going to cause friction. Why is Brian Flores out of a job? He went to a guy, and Tua was their quarterback. Look at Minnesota. Rick Spielman's done a spectacular job there. Uh, if, uh, full disclosure, Rick's a friend. We worked together at ESPN. He's an incredible human being. If you know anything about his family and the way he carries himself, purports himself, Rick's a very, very good man. Very good man. And I think Mike Zimmer's a, a good, a damn good football coach. But they lost their job because it's not just that Kirk Cousins has a ceiling and isn't good enough, but who's the guy who decided to, to, to re-sign Kirk Cousins through this ridiculous, untradeable contract where he makes $45 million next year and keep him, trade him, whatever, it's going to kill your cap. They lost their jobs because of Kirk Cousins, who, by the way, when they still had a chance to make the playoffs, couldn't play because he wasn't vaccinated. The guys who believed in Kirk Cousins enough to overpay him on two different contracts 
because they overpaid him on two different contracts, lost their job. And one of the reasons they lost their job was they didn't make the playoffs. And one of the reasons they didn't make the playoffs was he wasn't available because he wasn't vaccinated. And, and look, Matt Nagy loses his job. And I understand that thing went bad this year. But if we're fair, Matt Nagy actually has a better winning percentage than Flores. Made the playoffs twice. Nagy's initial uh, coaching staff had Vic Fangio, who of course left and got the Denver job. But the reason the Bears thing went bad was Mitch Trubisky the last couple years was bad. Ryan Pace, of course, he, he lost his job as well. Ryan Pace drafted Drafted him. Drafted Mitch Trubisky. And, of course, now they drafted Justin Fields. Which, by the way, they're going to have to try and find a coach that can fix Justin Fields, that can make him into a superstar. And, a lot like Baker Mayfield, at some point in time, if he's not good enough, remember, there's no ownership over whoever, whatever new GM, new coach come in because they didn't draft him. Why the Denver Broncos changed from Vic Fangio? Vic Fangio's a great defensive coach. Been in the league for 50 years, finally gets a shot. You're not good enough quarterback play. Quarterback, 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 quarterback. Right? That, that's, that, that's it. I mean, what does it tell you that Justin Herbert is the only one that stayed healthy the whole year, started every game, and is the only team to not make the playoffs? If you want to win in this league, there's a lot of things you got to do. You got to build a line. You got to have, got to be able to rush the passer. You be able to, all these things are important. Right? All these things are important. But the Raiders would have no chance to make the playoffs if Derek Carr wasn't their quarterback. None. The Buccaneers had, granted, they didn't have Gronk. They didn't have some of these players they added. But they've always had talent. Couldn't make the playoffs for years. Why? Didn't have the right quarterback. Get the right quarterback, now they're in the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs are a little bit different, right? They forever had that ceiling with Alex Smith of one and done in the playoffs. Get Pat Mahomes, and now I don't care what they throw out there with him. You got Mahomes, you got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You're competing for every Super Bowl. We can search for all sorts of different reasons, and I think it's a personality conflict between Chris Greer and Brian Flores, and I think that Brian Flores' lack of buy-in to Tua Tagovailoa, like, I don't think he's that good. I think we should be looking for another guy. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's why they're looking for new coaches. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Never was around, but she grew up tall and she grew up right with the Indiana boys. Dante Whitner in a second. He's awesome. He's a great player, too. Has, has anybody, like, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to, to a uh, football franchise. Okay, I've been doing this a long time. And I do remember, okay, I do remember when the Buffalo Bills were... They were in that, um, I mean, I used to make fun of them all the time with the Buffalo Bills spelt with four L's, right? <laughs> because they lost four straight Super Bowls. They hadn't made the playoffs. They had the longest drought in the NFL up until they made it in 2017. Like, man, Sean McDermott got there. And this is what's interesting about being fired. Sean McDermott was 
the replacement to Jim Johnson in Philadelphia. Jim Johnson was the legendary defensive coordinator with Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. When the Eagles were great and they went to, what was it, five NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl in six years, like when they were great, McDermott was like the protege to Jim Johnson was the defensive coordinator. But when he got to be defense coordinator, there's a myriad of reasons, but ultimately he got fired. He got run out of town. Then he went to Carolina. He helped build that defense. They go to a Super Bowl. He ends up landing the Buffalo Bills job. Like this team went from hadn't been in the playoffs since 1999 until 2017 to now was his fourth playoffs in the last five years. Right. And, and that was the one year in which they had no quarterback, no quarterback because they obviously they had a quarterback. They had Josh Allen was only a rookie. This kind of goes back to our discussion previously where we said, and there's a lot of things about Buffalo. I like outside of Josh Allen, but if you want to know why, all, there's all this craze over got to find a way to either fix the quarterback, believe in the quarterback, or draft the next quarterback or whatever. The Buffalo Bills is a perfect example why. They had other good teams, right? They had other good football teams. Doug Marone had them at nine wins. But Kyle Orton was their quarterback. You know? Uh, Mike Malarkey had them at nine wins. Drew Bledsoe was their quarterback, but... That, that was a little bit of the end of the line for Drew Bledsoe. Right. Um, Dick Jerron, they couldn't figure out the quarterback position. Couldn't figure it out. Now they have, and look at where they are now. There's other parts to the Bills team that makes them a dangerous team in the playoffs. And I do think they're a bad matchup for the Chiefs because that's how they, who they're built to. But the biggest thing is 17 years without the playoffs, then they make it, and now it's hard to get them out of the playoffs. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be uh, 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Does anybody know that the Rams lost to the Niners yesterday? Here's Sean McVay after the loss. In the moment right now, Gary, it's it's this is uh, this is a tough feeling. Our guys did a good job being able to navigate through the season to be able to still win the division is a good accomplishment. But I don't know that uh, right now is the time to celebrate that. Uh, we'll look at this film, we'll clean it up, and we'll move forward the right way. This is a resilient group. Ramos, what happened to your Rams? <clears throat> well, they did something that they do the whole season. If you've watched Rams games, their run defense is horrible. I mean, they've had a lot of problems with their run defense, and it showed up again. I mean, that's what the 49ers did the first time they played them. I'm surprised it took them that long to start doing it again in yesterday's game. They waited till the second half to start running the ball down the Rams' throat, and it showed. Debo Samuel was awesome. That guy is unbelievable. He's like a running back in a way. He's like, was it Cordell Patterson, how they use him in Atlanta? Like he's a wide receiver and running back at the same time. And I don't understand. Everybody talks about Matt Stafford. Forget about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's fine. What happened to Cooper Cup? Like, why didn't the Rams do the same thing that the 49ers did? They, the minute they used Cooper Cup, the Rams scored a touchdown. And then they just disappeared again. Like, why do you just disappear your best player on your team? I don't I don't understand that. It's like... Well, I mean, well, maybe we'll ask Dante Whitner. Yeah. Second. Of course, he played for the Niners, and he played for the Bills. Um, my guess is they probably put two guys on him and didn't let him catch the ball. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things. Like, why? Had, why are the Chargers throwing to Keenan Allen? Like, well, because the other team's like, hey, they're probably gonna throw to Keenan Allen. Let's take away Keenan Allen. Yeah, I and mean, they, I, had, they had two guys on him, Doug, and that last drive that the Rams scored, and he caught every ball thrown to him. 
So he's just a great player, and great players separate. So and yes, that's what he did. I think I think that would be the argument for. Yeah, why, no, I agree with no, you. No, no, but that would be the argument for why um, quarterbacks have to be MVPs. Okay, because you can take away a wide receiver, can't take away a quarterback, can't take away a quarterback. Here's Kyle Shanahan on the win. I think it's real hard when you know you have a season where you lose four in a row. Um, you know, most places um, when you lose four in a row, guys, it's tough to keep guys together. And just the the character in our building and the players and just everyone around, it's it makes it easy, and you can just focus on your job. Dante Whitner joins us. They call him Dante Hitner. He's a great player out of the Ohio State University, of course, a first round pick, top ten pick of the Buffalo Bills, and he joins us. Uh, on Fox Sports Radio, of course, covers the Niners for a living. I want to get to the Niners' comeback win over the Rams. Um, and I want to get to the game last night, which everybody is talking about. First, though, Dante, considering your time in Buffalo, to go from what it was like when you were there to now, I try to point out, like people forget, they hadn't made the playoffs in 17 years. They made up four out of the last five years. As a former Bill, what's it like to see that sort of change uh, in Buffalo? Well, it's incredible to see them win there. Um, I know how hard it was being a top 10 pick, trying to come in, change the culture, playing in a, a cold environment. Um, it was tough. Uh, I don't think that we ever took the field expecting to win games. I think we had an outdated philosophy on defense, but we were still trying to make that Tampa 2 system work. And, you know, we got caught up against Randy Moss and Tom Brady in their prime, and it was tough for us. So to see the changes that they made now, the offense that they've been able to display, the guys that are happy to be there in Buffalo, playing in Buffalo, uh, Diggs and Jordan Poyer, Josh Allen, they're they're incredibly proud to be Buffalo Bills. And then, you know, Bills Mafia is incredible. Uh, when they're winning, there's no other fan base that's better than the Bills Mafia. So it's, it's inc- I'm incredibly proud to see what they're doing and the turnaround that they made in Buffalo. Uh, how did the Niners come back and win that game yesterday? Well, just a little self-belief, locked in, focused, took it one play at a time. I think that that three points before half was key. Um, but the 49ers understand what their identity is. It's a run-first football team. And the Los Angeles Rams, they made an emphasis on setting the edge, playing physical, and out physical in the bigger 49ers. Um, coming out of halftime, they went on 10 straight play drive where, you know, they ran the ball every time, tossed it to Debo on the, on the 11th. And he threw it in for a touchdown, and that shifted the momentum in the game. That's how they did it. This is a game of ups and downs. The 49ers got hot at the right time. They had key plays on third down from defense alignment. And, you know, they were able to turn some of those turnovers into points, and they knew it. And I call him Tommy Turnover. That's what I call Matthew Stafford. Um, You know, it was easy to turn the ball over in Detroit, but it's not so easy to turn it over when you're playing for a team with championship aspirations. Um, the 49ers have their number, six in a row. Uh, okay, so let, let, let's get to the game last night. I just Before I, I, I ask more, more kind of pointed questions, as a guy who's a star player in this league, covers the league, if I say Raiders, Chargers, what jumps out to you? Uh, same division. Um, history of the Oakland Raiders. Not so much the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so that jumps out to me first and foremost, just the history of the Raiders. Okay. What about the game last night? Oh, the game last night, it, yeah. was, uh, it was a great game. I think that the NFL did a, a, a great thing by extending the season for one game and adding a playoff team. It makes it exciting all the way down to the wire. Usually these teams that are 8-7, and 8-5, and five, 
you know, nine and seven. They're pretty much packing their bags in U-Hauls and getting ready for the offseason. So first, I would like to say that the NFL did a great job of making it exciting all the way down to week 18. And then last night's game was just a shootout. It was reminiscent of the 49ers game yesterday. Um, two teams that had aspirations, championship aspirations, two top quarterbacks operating at top levels. And, you know, every play matters. Every second matters. And it's a game of inches. And that's what it showed you last night. As far as the timeout um, and them actually being willing to settle for a tie, I think that that's the way it should have ended. I don't think you ever want a divisional foe to make the playoffs. They know your DNA. They see you twice a year. You might have to meet them and see them in the playoffs. So I think it was a good job of kicking the field goal and sending them packing, allowing the Steelers to get in. Uh, Let's let's go to the, the first half. The Chargers go for it, fourth and two on their own 18-yard line. You ever seen that before anywhere other than Madden? I've never seen that before. I don't understand the thinking behind that. Um, conventional wisdom tells you to punt the ball in that situation. Um, you know, but, you know, nowadays in the NFL, you have head coaches that are willing to go for it in any situation. I saw something else in the New York Giants running the ball from a wing T triple option formation on like third and 12 in backed up area. So, you know, it's just a microcosm of their season, and I guess this is uh, the same for the Chargers. Uh, okay, so so in terms of the timeout, like Brandon Staley's like, look, we we just want to get our best, you know, defense for uh, for eleven personnel on the field to stop the run, right? That, that's that, that's what he said. Do you think the Raiders? I mean, it felt like to me the Raiders are going to run the football, and if they got the first down, they whatever they wherever they got stopped, they were going to kick a field goal from wherever they got stopped. Did you think they were playing playing to take a knee and not kick the field goal? I think they were playing to let the clock run out. Um, and I have to believe that everything that the coaching staff says and the players. Um, but when you call the timeout, it's almost like, okay, so are you trying to get the ball back? Are you trying to send us packing? Um, so I understand both sides. But, you know, my thinking behind that is you have to always put a divisional foe out. There's no sympathy rules. Um, and, and that could come back to bite you if you settle for that. Uh, tie in that situation, so I, I'm all with it. Um, but I did, I do think that they were going to settle for the tie. All right, let, let me play for you. Let me play for you a little bit of sound here. You, you tell me what you what, what you hear. Okay, here's here's uh, Rich Basaccia. Okay, asked about it. Now the the follow up asked about a punt didn't make any sense. But t- take a listen to what he has to say. At what point would you have decided to just play for the tie and not try a field goal? You know, we had conversations about it the whole. You know, towards that end there. But if you remember, we ran the ball early. They didn't call a timeout. So we thought probably they're doing the same thing. So we thought if we could have a run in there that probably possibly could get us in field goal position to win it, we were going to do that. And that's what we did. So would you have punted if, if you hadn't got that big run? I don't know. Didn't happen. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Why would a punt come up? Like 57 yards in the NFL in a dome. Everybody tries that. I didn't. I didn't hear anybody say they were going to let the clock run out. Once they got into plus territory, now you're playing for a field goal, right? Yeah, now they're playing for a field goal. But then it goes on the onus on the LA Chargers defense and linebackers who underperformed all year long. In that situation, four minute situation, you have to buckle up, be in your gaps, play discipline, play with leverage, um, and be physical, and, you know, they let the team down. That long run right there probably cost them an opportunity to go to the playoffs. So if the players do what they're supposed to do, it's not even up to the coaches in that situation. They're probably, uh, you know, in that game in a tie. So, you know, when you leave it up to the coaches, when you leave it up to the referees, it, it probably is not going to go in your direction. 
Um, you know, so I, I, I'll put the onus strictly on the players when it comes to that. Play better, stop the run, um, and you, you're probably in the playoffs. What, what do you think of Brian Flores losing his job today? I think there's just a difference of uh, philosophies between Brian Flores and the GM. I think he's been there, what, 20 years? Um, you know, he's had some success with the Miami Dolphins. And remember, before he got there, they were in the dumps. Um, so I see that he is in a new coaching cycle this year, and people recognize his value, recognize what he can bring to a team. And there's a bunch of teams out there that need a culture change. And uh, primarily when you're a head coach, you're going in to fix the culture. You're going in to fix the locker room. And then the football falls into place. And he's been a leader of man. He's shown that he can do that. Um, you know, sometimes in business, sometimes in life, things don't always go your direction. But the next door is probably the best door for him. Um, you know, so they just wish each other well. They separate um, in an amicable way. And, uh, you know, best of luck to Brian Flores and best of luck to the Miami Dolphins organization. Let's circle back to the Niners, okay? Dante Hittner, Dante Whitner joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You cover, you know the Niners like the back of your hand. Um, I thought Garoppolo played really, really well there. Um, and we've, what, what, how dangerous is this team getting ready for the playoffs? I think this team is dangerous as any team. I don't think any playoff team out there would say that they want to face the 49ers or would pick them in a draw. Even when you think about the Green Bay Packers, yes, they have Devontae Adams and they have Aaron Rodgers. They have a good running game. Defense is playing well, but the 49ers had them beat. Um, they left a little too much time on the clock earlier in the season. Uh, they came back to the field goal and beat the 49ers. Um, in the playoffs, is anybody's day. Um, it's who's the, the most locked in. It's who's the most physical. It's who stays healthy on that day. So um, once the 49ers get in, anything can happen. I think if you had a checklist and you, you, you knew about championship football, the 49ers would check off a lot on there. They have a running game. They have an offensive line that's performing well. Um, they have two backs. They have a tight end that's physical. They can take the top off the defense. He can also run block. They have wide receivers that's getting better. You have Brandon Ayuk who stepped up uh, over the last six weeks. I think he's probably led the team in receiving over that span. You have Debo Samuel who should be somewhere in the MVP consideration, in my opinion. A guy who can play running back, who can play wide receiver. He's just labeled as a football player. Get the ball in his hands, good things happen. Individuals don't want to match his physicality and what he brings to the game. And that's the fear that he puts in defensive backs. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, if you had a formula for success in the playoffs, you would say, we need a defensive line that can get pressure with the front four. We need to be able to play zone coverage so that you can't take deep shots on us. We need a well-tackling defense. We need a defense that's good in the red zone. We need a defense that gets takeaways. The 49ers check all of those boxes off. So when it comes to the playoff football, a team that can travel on the road, that can pack the running game, that can have a good, solid special team, get turnovers, that's a dangerous team. And the 49ers have that. Oh, and they also have Kyle Shanahan, a guy who has different variations in his pass game that looks like the run game, RPO games. He takes advantage of individuals on the defense side of the ball that aren't disciplined, that aren't locked in on their keys. And there's many of those around the league, even when you get in the playoffs. So, it's a dangerous team. I think the 49ers check off a lot of those boxes. Dante, great stuff, man. Uh, awesome breakdown and analysis. Love the opinions. And uh, we, we look forward to talking in the near future. Thanks so much for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Thank you, Doug. Happy New Year. Same to you, Dante Whitner. Great player, good analyst, very good analyst. 
and a guy who, I mean, these teams that we're talking about, he's played for, analyzed them, and really good stuff. He works for NBC Sports Bay Area. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. What do you got there, uh, Dan Beyer? What's the game? Doug, the game today is... Big deal, little deal, no deal. Bunch of scenarios. Some NFL, some college football, some even outside of that realm. Let's start with uh, this. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. That Vikings co-owner Mark Wilf says the team will hire a general manager first, who will then be tasked to hire a head coach to replace Mike Zimmer and obviously Rick Spielman as the GM. Um... That's no big deal, right? That's the proper way to do it. You, you need these two to work together. What's the point of firing a GM? And then guys won't want to take the job if they don't get a chance to hire their head coach. It's, it limits your pool a lot more. So I think it's no big deal at all. No big deal. So is that big deal, little deal, no deal, and no big deal? Or is no, it like no a deal. little? No deal. Okay, no, no deal. deal. Uh, hey, 2022, maybe we're expanding here on the Doug <laughs> Gottlieb true. Show. Big deal, little deal, no big deal. <laughs> we can think of yeah. no big deal. Big deal, kind of big deal, little deal, little big deal, big little deal, or no deal, Doug. No, just kidding. Uh, big deal, little deal, or no deal that Dolphins GM Chris Greer won the apparent power struggle over now former head coach Brian Flores. Um. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You know, I mean, look, it, it is something in business where, you know, you have a guy with sweat equity. I mean, he was director of, he's a scout, director of scouting, you know, and he brings, brings you in, tells you you're his guy, whatever. But at the end of the day, he's got the owner's ear. And, um, you know, they, they, they have upgraded their personnel since Chris Greer became the GM, he did pull off the Laramie Tunsil trade, right? That was that was seen as as a as a win for them at the time. I don't know if it's a win in totality, but it was seen as a win at the time. There's been some other moves that they made which which have helped them. But I think the big deal is is this. Um it's pretty obvious that Chris Greer he drafted Tua Tagovailoa. That was his guy. He locked in on him. He believes in him. And Flores probably does not. And if the owner believes in your ability to evaluate more than his ability to coach, that's a big deal. You win a power struggle with a young, successful, well-respected coach who seems to have done some pretty good stuff this year, turning, keeping it going and turning it around, and then last year won 10 games, that's a big deal. Big deal, little deal, or no deal, Doug, that the Denver Broncos have asked to speak with Chiefs, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy about their head coaching vacancy. Um, I think that's a little deal. I mean, I think uh, Eric Bieniemy will get a lot of different, uh, um, a lot of different attention. He'll interview for most of these jobs. He interviewed for almost all of them last year and last year's cycle. Remember, he played college football at CU, which is just up the road in Boulder. Did not, could not get, did not want. I don't know the CU job. Obviously, there's some issues when he coached there on staff. There were some issues um, with that program when he was there as a player. But that was years ago, and it does feel like now being in the division, part of this dynamic offense with the Kansas City Chiefs, 
it gives him a different sort of pull. And it would make sense if you go from Vic Fangio, defensive guy, to offensive guy. I don't think it even matters unless they get the right head coach. Now, uh, does Deshaun Watson want to play for Eric Bieniemy, And they get him and then trade for Deshaun Watson? That makes sense. But otherwise, no big deal. He's going to interview for most of these jobs. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that as of right now, Joe Judge is staying as the head coach of the Giants. Seems like a big deal. Doesn't seem like there's anything to point to from people who watch football that know more about football than we do that says there's something great about Joe Judge's coaching. Um, On the other hand, in fairness to him, you know, the GM didn't exactly put together the 85 Bears in terms of talent around him. So he'll get... He gets another year or two. They obviously are more convinced about Daniel Jones than others are. They hadn't had a healthy Saquon Barkley for like a last year and a half. So um, I think it's a big deal, though, because there were so many calls that this guy just is not good enough. And he'll get extra time when others who had one more have not. Finally, let's throw this one in there, and news out of Charlotte. And I don't know if maybe it's a no news, Doug, but big deal, little deal, or no deal, that Panthers GM Scott Fitterer says they have no intention of trading running back Christian McCaffrey this offseason. Um, I think that's no deal. I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, is an unbelievable weapon. He just hasn't been healthy. And all that investment financially, which you made kind of in the first two years of this new deal, now you're getting not necessarily a bargain, but the salary cap's going to go up and it'll be more reasonable. I wouldn't part with him either. When he's been healthy, they've been good. When he's not healthy, they're not good. It's really that simple. Big deal, little deal, or no deal, Doug. That ticket prices on the secondary market dropped more than 50% for tonight's national championship game in Indy. That's when we found out from when it was going to be Alabama against Georgia until now. But prices at that time on New Year's Eve, about 1000 bucks were the cheapest. Now you can get in for around 400 according to reports. I think that's a big deal. College football right now is, is a regional sport. And I'm going to watch tonight. I'm excited to see the game. We'll talk about it next hour. But like you're in Indianapolis, which is a huge sports town and actually a great football town. And people are like, eh. Yeah. I, eh. Doug, you know this, that the in Final Four weekend, the Saturday is usually better than the Monday. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if we're getting that with the college yes. football playoff. No question. No question we're getting that. No question. I mean, look, if they wanted to get the most money possible, and ha- I mean, they make so much more money having two sites. But can you imagine if you had it same site? <laughs> That'd be uh, a long day. Yeah. That's a long day. It would day. be a long day. You could only play it on turf as well. You couldn't do it on grass. You'd have to get the fake stuff. Unless the, the second game was just an absolute are they mess. So, are they so, uh, is it that torn up after one game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you'd want back-to-back games. I think you'd want to clean it up, you know, paint it, redo that stuff. But That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but I think it's a big deal. It's like, honestly, do you think, and, and people in California care about care about football people in texas care about football do you think they're like oh i can't wait for georgia alabama like, yeah no well this one will be huge in birmingham and in atlanta correct and the national title game they had out in the home of the 49ers out in the bay area years back did Disaster. not yeah it was it was not good and now we'll see what the atmosphere is like in indy reports say a lot more georgia fans right now that they've seen maybe than alabama fans but we shall see big deal little deal or no deal that the college football playoff won't expand until at least 2026 gonna let this one expire not gonna do it early like the committee has been talking i think it's about. a big deal but it's a big deal for a different reason I think it's a big deal because it allows them to fully negotiate 
a new TV contract. What does that mean? That, that's bad news for ESPN. If they do it within the structure of the old deal while it's still under ESPN's kind of property, well, then you kind of have to, ESPN kind of has controlling rights of the new deal. You know what I mean? Like this one, let it expire. And now you can do a completely different deal, which will probably, and I'm sure they're pretty smart. I will guess uh, three entities, Fox, CBS, and ESPN all get at least a game in the college football playoff. Finally, Doug, big deal, little deal, and no deal that USC quarterback Jackson Dart has entered the transfer portal. Feels like a big deal. Feels like the sign that Caleb Williams is on the way. Caleb Williams, coach Lincoln Riley, left to go to USC because of the transfer portal and his coach left and the new rules. He won't have to sit out. There are lots to talk about. You know, where do we go? Where do we, what he would do? Where do we go to SEC school? Jackson Dart leaving seems to mean that Lincoln Riley probably called and told him, like, bro, you can stay, but Caleb Williams is coming. He's the dude. That's That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check out the latest lines world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. All right. Uh, we got some Steelers stuff, which is awesome. Steelers making the playoffs. Joel Klatt will join us next hour as we get you ready for the college football playoff. Coming up next, we'll get to uh, what went wrong for the Chargers. Or for the Chargers. And there's a college football game tonight, which is decided a national champion. And I believe that no matter how much you tell me you believe in one team, everybody knows you believe in the other. Right? And everybody knows. Like, even the most ardent fan of one believes in the other. I'll tell you why. I'm coming next to the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.